It's not 2010 anymore, and you don't need to hire a company to build you an author website. You can do it yourself, and it's easier than you think. That's right. In this episode, you're going to learn how to build your very own professional author website, and you're going to learn about how to do it in one eight-hour day. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. This is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and change the world with writing worth talking about. And I used to run one of the top author web design companies. And we provided my book table, which was the number one author website plugin for WordPress. And now I'm excited to tell you how to do it yourself. You don't have to hire an expensive company anymore. Building a website only takes about a day and you can learn how to do it so easily. And you can even make money building websites for other authors with what you're about to learn in this show. There's almost a limitless supply of authors who are willing to pay another author $500 to do what I'm about to teach you to do. $500 for a day's worth of work is not bad. That's $10,000 a month if you do it 20 days a month. So let's talk about how to build a website. And first, we need to talk about how to become a webmaster. In order to build a website, you must first become a webmaster. And once you learn how to think like a webmaster, you will be more tech savvy than you could possibly imagine. So here are the three baby steps to becoming a webmaster. Baby step number one is to push the button. The biggest thing keeping authors from getting better at technology is fear. They're afraid to push the button because they don't know what it does. Tech-savvy people, on the other hand, push the button in order to find out what it does. This tiny difference in thinking makes all the difference in the world. The kind of people who push the button to find out what it does have fewer tech headaches than the folks who don't push the button, which is not what you would think. You'd think that they're pushing the button would cause them to have all kinds of problems, but this is just not the case. The people who are afraid to push the button live a life in perpetual perplexity regarding technology. They live in continual tech trouble, and when they are in tech trouble, they have no idea how to get out of it. They are stuck because they don't know how to learn because they are trapped in fear. Very often, the answer to your question is on the page in front of you, but if you are in a state of panic, you get tunnel vision and you can't see the answer. So what's the answer? What do you do? How do you become more courageous with technology? The answer is to find your inner child. Why are children so good with technology? Because as soon as they get a new piece of technology, they push all the buttons to see what they do. They go straight to the settings section and change all of the settings to see what changes when they change a setting. This used to be my favorite thing to do when I was a child, getting a new piece of technology. I would go to the preference pane or the settings pane, and I would just fiddle with settings until I understood what all of them do. I can't leave the parking lot of the rental car company until I have pushed every button on that rental car, and I know what every button does because I can't drive down the road with a button in front of me that I haven't pushed. I just can't do it. This sense of childlike wonder and experimentation is critical to getting good at technology, and it's the first step to becoming a webmaster. It will also make you a happier, more joyful person in general. So connect to your inner child. The second baby step is to pay for a password manager. 
A password manager is a piece of software that lives in the cloud and keeps track of your usernames and passwords. And building a website means keeping track of a lot of usernames and passwords, each of which needs to be strong and unique. You can't reuse passwords. If you are using the same password on more than one website, and God forbid you're using the same four or five password on all of the websites that you use, you will get hacked because all a hacker needs to do to hack you is to hack any one of those websites. The more websites you sign up for with your generic password, the easier you are to hack. And what these hackers do is they publish the list of passwords online. I could look up your password right now if you use it on more than one website because almost all of the big websites have been hacked at one point or another. I just look up your password, I go to your email program, I log in as you, and suddenly I can reset your other passwords and email all of your contacts and advertisement to anything I want. This is how hackers work. And to protect yourself from this, you need to have a unique password for every website, which means thousands of passwords, thousands of password and username combinations more than anyone can remember. No one can remember thousands of passwords. So what tech-savvy people do, what webmasters do, is they have a cloud-based password manager that keeps track of the passwords for them. Even if their computer crashes, even if their phone falls off a building, they still have all of their passwords in a safe, encrypted vault. During the book launch blueprint, the number one question from students was not about branding or launching. It was about how to log in to the website. This is the number one problem that non-tech savvy people have. And people without password managers spend a lot of time stuck and frustrated and stressed out by login pages. And all they have to do to not be stressed out by those login pages is to use a password manager. It's so easy. Yes, you have to pay for them. But that is a small price to pay for the amount of stress that's reduced in your life. You can dramatically reduce the amount of stress in your life if you never have to worry about passwords again. They are worth spending money on. Uh, I use onepassword.com. It's $2.99 a month. And my wife uses lastpass.com, which is either free for the basic version or the premium version costs $3 a month. And I think both of these are billed annually, so you don't get a $3 charge every month. It's a bargain. Both of them are a bargain. Uh, I recommend both of them. I don't even have a pros and cons. You can look and see which one strikes your fancy. Uh, My wife and I are both struggling from a terrible case of customer satisfaction. And despite being married uh, for as long as we have, neither of us feel the need to switch to the password manager that the other one is using. So they're both excellent. And they really are a requirement. If you're going to be a webmaster, you need a system for tracking passwords. And a piece of paper on your desk is not secure. A Word document on your computer is not secure. And those things are vulnerable to fire. These uh, tools, lastpass.com and onepassword.com, are not. They are far more secure than anything else that you're most likely using. And they not only keep track of your usernames and passwords on your computer, but on your phone too, which is really nice to have access to all of your complicated passwords on your phone. The third baby step to becoming a webmaster is to... Type your questions into Google. This strategy has worked since before there was a Google. I learned to code as a middle schooler 
by typing HTML questions into Ask Jeeves. Anyone remember Ask Jeeves? It was one of the pre-Google search engines in the 90s, back when there were lots of search engines, and they were all terrible in their own unique special way. <laughs> so, But what would happen is I would type my question into Ask Jeeves, which I really liked, and I thought it was a good search engine, and I would inevitably end up on htmlgoodies.com, which was, back in the day, the number one website for learning how to code HTML, which you don't need to learn because what I'm going to teach you doesn't require you to do any code. But back when I was a kid, we had to learn how to code our websites by hand. And I even have a link uh, to what that website looked like back in 1999. When I found that link, it was a trip down memory lane. Typing questions into Google is a technique that every technical person uses. When you call tech support, 90% of the time, all they are doing is Googling your question and reading you the first result. No one has the error codes memorized. The technology people in your life, they're all Googling the error code to find out what it means. I remember giving a talk on technology to a ballroom full of small business owners, and I told them about Googling their questions. And afterwards, an IT company CEO came up to me and complained that if his customers Googled their questions, that he would lose half, half of his business. And as we chatted, he admitted that that's what he and his staff did. They Googled the questions just like everyone else. This is such a powerful principle, and it is one of the most life-changing things that I teach at writer's conferences, which is a little sad. I'd like to think that the other things that I teach are helpful too, but I get feedback. Sometimes over a decade later after I give a talk, an author will come up to me and tell me how life-changing it was to be able to find the answers to their questions using Google. So how do you do it? How do you unlock the power of Google? Because chances are you're already doing Google searches. You're just doing them wrong or you're not doing them enough. And so the way to do it is you type your whole question into Google, including the question mark. Just pretend that Google is Ask Jeeves from 1999, right? The whole idea with Ask Jeeves is that you would ask Jeeves questions and Jeeves would bring you back answers. Well, Google works the same way. A common mistake people make is that they don't put enough words into their Google search. And an easy way to fix this is to just think of Google as a human and you ask Google your question the same way you would ask your IT guy. In fact, there's this really obnoxious website that I occasionally use, uh, especially on employees who ask dumb questions. It's called Let Me Google That For You. And I'll use it to copy and paste their exact question into Google. And it was like, this is the internet. This is Google. It is a search engine. You type your question here and you get your answer. It's really obnoxious, but I found that it's very effective. <laughs> and when I send it to an employee, suddenly they don't send me as many questions and they get stuck far less. You can often measure the tech savviness of somebody by how many Google searches they do in a day. I suspect I do between 50 and 100 Google searches a day. It is perhaps the biggest secret to my success, and it is a secret I am sharing with you. That's it. <laughs> Technically, you now have everything you need, and you don't need to listen to the rest of this episode. If you're willing to push the button, if you're willing to pay for a password manager and you Google the phrase, how do I build an author website, you have everything you need to build your own author website. But don't worry, I will give you this special sauce for building your own website. So if you think of this as a recipe, what's at the top of every recipe? It's a list of ingredients you're going to need, and then I'll give you the actual recipe. So the ingredients of an author website is one, a domain name, so example.com or yourname.com. Uh, my website for 
Thomas Umstead is thomasumstead.com. It's the one benefit of having an impossible to spell last name. At least I get the .com of my name. Now, the second ingredient you're going to need is wordpress.org web hosting. And a common mistake I see authors make is they sign up on wordpress.com. It's a very easy mistake to make because you assume the .com version is the version that you want, but the .com version is a blogging platform, and it's not for authors, it's not for businesses, and it doesn't have the features that you need. The third ingredient is a WordPress.org theme, and I'll go into that in just a second. And then the fourth ingredient is the content of your website, the pages, the texts, the photos, the blog posts, etc. So now let's go through each one of those ingredients and talk about how to set them up. So let's talk about WordPress hosting first. For WordPress hosting, I recommend Bluehost, and I have an affiliate link in the show notes. And I like it because it installs WordPress automatically, which is so much easier than how you speed back in the day. Uh, and it walks you through the process of getting your domain name and setting up your hosting. And it makes it really, really easy. Step by step, it walks you through, kind of holds your hand through the whole process. Uh, if you plan on getting more than 50,000 visits a month, you might consider WP Engine, which is what I use. For really high traffic sites, there's some advantages to WP Engine, but WP Engine is around 10 times more expensive than Bluehost. And so I recommend everyone get started with a cheaper host like Bluehost because you may never need WP Engine. Most authors never do. And if you're writing lots of controversial blog posts and you're already famous, maybe go with WP Engine, but otherwise you can grow into it. So why Bluehost? Why do I recommend it? Well, it's one of the best cheap hosting options out there, and it has a long-established reputation. When I got started in this business back in the day, Bluehost was one of the few hosts that WordPress.org recommended, and now, 10 years, 15 years later, it is still one of the few hosts that WordPress.org recommends. That is a high commendation. So long-established reputation, and it's very WordPress-friendly, and it's also very upgradable. They do have a pricier competing service to WP Engine. So if your site ends up becoming incredibly popular, you can stay with Bluehost. They have managed WP Engine style hosting. So uh, they're a really great place to get started. And I love the step-by-step guide that they have. They even email you if you get stuck, pointing you to what the next step is. And they uh, have a telephone number that you can call if you ever get stuck. So how do you get started with Bluehost? Well, you just go to bluehost.com, or if you want to help out the show, use the affiliate link in the show notes and click the big Get Started button on the website. And then you follow the steps. That's it. <laughs> it takes you through, step-by-step, step, the whole process. Uh, and during the setup process, you're going to get a free domain that's going to come with the hosting. They're going to try to sell you on lots of add-ons and uh, Etc. And I have a actually a free tutorial video where I go through the whole setup process and I build exampleauthorwebsite.com and I have a link to that video in the show notes at authormedia.com forward slash two four five. If you want those step by step instructions in video where you can just literally look over my shoulder and see what I click on, uh, or you can read the page, click on next yourself. Back in the day, you used to have to buy your domain through a website like GoDaddy or Namecheap and then connect it to your web host, which you can still do, and that is actually what I still do, partly because that's what I've always done. But Bluehost gives you free hosting for your domain name, so you can save yourself 15 bucks a month 
or sorry, fifteen dollars a year by just using uh, do, uh, Bluehost's free domain hosting service, and it's one less thing to configure. Bluehost really does make it very simple to set up. And that's it. Now you've got your website. It's all set up. You've got WordPress running on a blank, empty WordPress theme, which leads us into the next step, which is setting up the WordPress theme. Now, over the last 10 years of building websites for authors, and we've built hundreds of websites for authors, I have worked with and used hundreds of WordPress themes. Some just for a little bit, some for a long time. (laughs) ThomasMstat.com has had, I don't know, four or five themes over its long history. And now I only use one theme on all of my websites, and that is the Divi theme by Elegant Themes. For me, this is the one theme to rule them all. It's what I use for thomasumstead.com, authormedia.com, Christian Publishing Show, Creative Funding Show, novelmarketing.com, and many, many more. Now, you may not realize these are all using the same theme because they look very different from each other, and that's what's so cool about Divi. It's drag and drop easy to use. It's like using Wix or Squarespace and how easy it is, and yet it still retains all of the power of WordPress. In fact, over the last several years, I've converted countless websites from whatever theme they were using to be Divi themes. And in every instance, it made the websites easier to support and easier to use. So why do I like Divi so much? Because it's got this drag and drop builder where you can build on the front end of the website. So the big thing with WordPress was that you didn't need to learn code, but you did have a kind of dashboard area of the website and then the website area of the website, and they looked very different from each other. And it was hard for some people to convert from that dashboard thinking to, oh, this is how it's going to look live on the website. Well, with Divi, you can edit the website on the front part of the website, the part that the users see. If you want to add text, you just click and add text. If you want to make a box bigger, you drag and make the box bigger. It's so easy to use. And not only that, they have all of these pre-made layouts that you can download and install, kind of a theme within a theme. And you can instantly have a theme uh, put in, and they have one specifically for authors, they have one specifically for influencers, and if you don't like either of those, they have hundreds of other ones to choose from, and every element of that theme is customizable. I don't recommend customizing a theme. I recommend trusting the designer of the theme uh, knows more about design than you do, (laughs) but if you wanted to, you could, and it's very easy to do so. Another thing I like about Divi is that it comes with the Monarch and Bloom plugins, uh, which help with uh, social media sharing and following to get more social media followers and uh, to get more social media share, so it's easy to share your website or your blog post on Facebook or Twitter. And Bloom, which is the go-to plugin, in my opinion, for growing your email list. It's an excellent email plugin that we talked a lot about in the last episode, back into the uh, episode 244. So if you're curious about how to grow your email list, I do recommend that you go back to episode 244, where I talk about eight tools to help you grow your author email list. And one of those tools was Bloom, which you can only get with Divi. So Divi comes with 24-7 chat support. And one thing I really like about it is that you can get a lifetime license for $249 at the time of this recording. So you don't have to pay for it every month or every year. You can just pay for it one time and you're done. And that lifetime license allows you to put it on multiple websites. In fact, Bluehost allows you to host multiple websites depending on which level you get, which can be a problem. I had a problem of building too many websites. In fact, several of the websites I listed just a few minutes ago, I no longer actively update because it was driving me crazy. 
So just because you can have many websites doesn't mean you should. It's like having lots and lots of dogs or lots and lots of cats. Just because you can have 20 cats doesn't mean it's a good idea. <laughs> so how to set up Divi. Step one is you go to elegantthemes.com and you buy it. Or if you want to help out the show, you can use the affiliate link in the show notes. And it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So you can try it out and see if you like it. I think Bluehost also comes with a money-back guarantee. Uh, so once you've signed up and you've purchased Divi, you download divi.zip from your Elegant Themes dashboard. So you're going to need a login for Bluehost. You're going to need a login for Elegant Themes. You're going to need a login for your website. This is why Password Manager is so important. <laughs> so uh, you use your Password Manager, log in to your Elegant Themes dashboard. You download divi.zip. And then in your WordPress dashboard, you go to Appearance, Themes, Add Theme, and you just upload the zip from step two. It's uh, that easy. So you just log into your WordPress dashboard and you upload the theme and you activate it. And once the Divi is installed and activated, you can start building your pages. You can bring in one of those templates. And uh, I recommend loading the author layout pack just to experiment and start customizing from there. It's really very easy to use. And this is where that first baby step comes in. You just start pushing the buttons and playing with Divi. You're gonna find that Divi is really, really fun to work with. Uh, it's really a pleasure compared to how it was back in the day. And if you need help with Divi, it's super popular. I think it has over a million users around the world, which means there's an incredible community of people who use Divi, which means that your answers are just a Google search away. I'll also have a link to the Divi tutorial video library. There are dozens of Divi video tutorials and step-by-step -step guides that Elegant Themes makes, but there's also a bunch of fan-made guides that you can find on Google. There's also a Facebook group of Divi users. It's like a fan group, and it's got 50,000 fans of Divi who are all helping each other troubleshoot issues and give them ideas on how to make their websites better. And then Divi, of course, comes with the 24-7 chat support. And I will have links to all of those things in the show notes. So now you have your website hosting set up on yourname.com, and you've got Divi installed. And this takes, so far we're about an hour or two into the process, and you already have your website up. It's just an empty website, which leads us into the final part of the process, which is building the pages of your website. And with Divi, this is super easy. <laughs> now, writing it and figuring out what to write, that's on you. If you're a slow writer or you have a hard time talking about yourself, it may take a little bit longer. But here's what's so wonderful about building your own website is that once you've built it yourself, you can tweak it yourself. And the correct approach to having a website is not to make it perfect and then never touch it again. It's not a book. It's not being printed into 5,000 copies. It's something you're, you, you put up and you put it up broken and you constantly tweak it and make it better. I realize this is a bit of a mental shift, especially for authors who are used to going through dozens of rounds of revisions to make it perfect, but really the strategy online, the strategy that tech companies use, and the strategy I recommend for author websites is to launch broken and iterate often. So you just put it up there and you never stop fixing it. And that continuous improvement is what ultimately gets you to excellence. And the approach of building it and not touching it for years is the worst approach because it's always out of date that way. So being able to tweak and update yourself very easily is so valuable. And you will always be able to update it yourself if you built it yourself because you know exactly how it's all put together. So let's talk about the various pages for your website. You know, the first page is the home page. 
And if you are unpublished and you just want a kind of a starter website to kind of secure your spot online and to reserve your domain name, this may be the only page you need. And Divi's got some really great one-page website templates that you can install. Uh, for most authors, they're going to want to have more pages than just the home page. But the goal of the home page is to introduce yourself briefly and help the visitor find what they are looking for. And I have a couple of episodes on how to create home pages. There's episode 114, Five Kinds of Author Homepages, and episode 103, 10 Common Author Homepage Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. So you can find those free episodes in the Novel Marketing Podcast list of episodes on your app, on your phone. You can also find them at authormedia.com. And of course, I've got links to them in the show notes. And next is the About page. The About page is where people find out more about you. This is where you share your bio. This is the one time you can, it's all about you. It's the one page where you don't have to worry too much about making it for the reader. It's still for the reader, but this is where you get to make it about you as well. And remember, put it in the third person. As a journalist, as a podcaster, as a, somebody who might introduce you to speak, I don't want to convert from first person to third person. So just type your name over and over again. That way I can copy and paste it into my speaking introduction or podcast introduction for you. And we have episodes on how to help with this. We have episode 44, Writing for Your Website, How to Craft Pages That Readers Actually Want to Read, and episode 79, How to Craft a Crazy Cool Author Bio. And we also have a blog post, Is Your Author About Me page, Boring Your Readers to Death. So you can check out links to all of that at authormedia.com slash 245. And the next page you'll want to add to your website is a books page, especially if you have more than one book or more than one short story. Uh, you want to have one page on your website that lists all of your books. And this can be as simple as just a list of all the covers presented in a beautiful way. But there are other ways to list the books. And this isn't where you put all the information about the books, just a master list of those books. And then they click on the cover, they click on the title of the book, and it takes them to a page specifically about that book, which leads us to the next part of your website, which are the book pages. So each book needs its own page dedicated to just that book. This way, Google knows where to send people who are looking for that book. If you don't have a page dedicated to a specific book, Google will send people to Amazon instead. And that's not what you want. You want an opportunity to get an affiliate link on those folks. And you also want an opportunity to get them on your email list and to build a deeper connection. You want them to be your readers, not just Amazon's customers. And you will wish you had done this later on in your career when you're trying to build your email list. Uh, and for both, the books page and the individual book pages, I recommend the free My Book Table plugin for WordPress. This is a plugin that my company, Author Media, developed. We don't run it anymore. We sold it to Stormhill Media. It was a part of my life simplification of 2019, <laughs> but it's still an excellent plugin. You can get it for free. We have a link to it in the show notes. There's a premium version that gives you some extra bonuses, but I don't recommend starting with the premium version. I actually recommend starting with the free version and only upgrade when you need it. For most authors, the free version is all they need. It's The free version is, think of it like the base model of a car, and the pro version is like the deluxe model of the car. It comes with slightly nicer seats and a better sound system, uh, but the engine is the same. And the next element of your website is optional. If you're a novelist, you might not want it, but it's the blog. It's where you share news about your book, personal updates, and your thoughts about your topic, if you're writing nonfiction, or your thoughts about the world. Uh, it's a really great place to share your 
feelings and your thoughts better than social media because there's no censorship on your own blog. There's no algorithm that's not favoring you because people weren't liking you in the past. It's a much more egalitarian way of communicating to your readers. And there's, uh, especially for nonfiction, blogging is so important. But even for novelists, being able to post book updates and personal updates is valuable and interesting to your readers. And we have a lot of resources on blogging. We have episode 132, How to Blog Your Book Ahead of Time. And then we have, I think, 80 blog articles on blogging. So we have, I'll have a link to a few of the top ones here in the show notes. A viral recipe for your blog, How Blogging Got Me Published, which is a story of an author who blogged her way into a publishing deal and really kind of kicked off her whole writing career with her blog. Five keys to magnetic blog titles and then a link to the blog category on the Author Media blog. I also have a course how to craft excellent blog posts. So if you're wanting to learn more about blogging, we have a lot of resources, free resources on authormedia.com, as well as the paid course if you're really wanting to take your blog to the next level. And then finally, we have the contact page. So journalists, event coordinators, podcasters, and readers all want to contact you. And the purpose of a contact page is to make it easy for them to get a hold of you while filtering out spam. So you don't want to just put your email address on the website because then spammers can gather up that email address and bombard you. You don't want that. Divi has an excellent contact page widget and it integrates with the free Akismet anti-spam plugin. Yes, I'll have a link to that because I'm not expecting you to know how to spell Akismet. Uh, But that will protect you from spam. It'll let the good ones in while filtering out the bad ones. It's actually really easy to do. And all of the Divi themes come with a contact page pre-built. So you just... Do that and you tweak the language and it takes you about 15 minutes (laughs) or five minutes even. It's building a contact page in Divi is so, so easy. If you're wanting more help, I have a free video course to help you out. It's the Seven Secrets of Amazing Author Websites course. It's our super popular course and I've just upgraded it with step-by-step instructions on how to build the website yourself. So Everything that was there is still there, but now there's a step-by-step video guide on how to get started with Bluehost, a step-by-step video guide on how to set up the Divi theme, a video tour of the WordPress dashboard, and then, of course, the seven secrets of amazing author websites as well. Students have gone through this course and built a website that same day. In fact, we had quite a few do it during the book launch blueprint. We had a version of this in the book launch blueprint. And the best part is it's free. My hope is that you'll use my affiliate links, but you don't have to. You can go to bluehost.com without clicking my affiliate link if you don't want me to get a little something for sending you there. You can also use one of Bluehost's competitors. Uh, SiteGround is good. Uh, DreamHost is good. Uh, So you don't have to use my recommendations, although I will say the step-by-step tutorial on how to set up Bluehost will be less useful if you're not using Bluehost. So anyway, I'll have a link to that at authormedia.com. Our featured patron today is John D. Simone, author of The Road to Delano. Uh, When an old friend hands Jack evidence indicating his father was murdered, he is compelled to dig deeper. This throws him into the 1968 labor conflict led by Cesar Chavez. So thank you to John DeSimone for being a patron of the Novel Marketing Podcast, for helping make this podcast possible. I really appreciate you and all of the other patrons uh, who contribute to helping make the show possible. And if you want to become a patron and get all of the patron bonuses, including a bonus episode 
every month we will have a link in the show notes and if you can't afford to become a patron but you still want to help the show you can just use one of the affiliate links in this post or at authormedia.com resources and they will send us a little something for sending you there it doesn't cost you any extra it just helps keep the show on the air You've been listening to Thomas Umstadt Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast. To find the blog version of this episode, the show notes, and to get new episodes delivered to your phone automatically, visit authormedia.com. Thank you for listening, and live long and prosper.